best hour of their day is back. Fern and I talking about something very unique and very, I would say it's, it's rarely done might be the best way to talk about it. I'm going to ask you a lot about it, Fern, because you do this at your box and it's when we kind of say what it is, it's going to be scary, challenging, and maybe come off as a little dumb, but let's, let's call it what it is. What do you refer to it as at CrossFit Right? Well, it, to be super clear, we don't do this all the time. We, ha, we do it once a year and it's more of a, it's more of an experiment than anything. And Todd, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast with Todd, when we talked about what is RX. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode with Todd and I, but we change what it means to do a workout as prescribed. So that's, that's an interesting point. And I think if you, if you go back to 2007, there's been so many experimentations and there was a period of time, at least for me at Albany CrossFit, where we ran, I believe it was coming out of Toronto. It was this programming, but basically the workouts were programmed around the percentage of your one rep max. So for example, Fran, you know, 2159 thrusters and pull-ups, you would use 50% of your best thruster. And the goal was, hey, if everyone's using 50% of their best, we're getting a very similar stimulus. And if you look back to the 2001, 2002 era of CrossFit, I think really that's how Coach Glassman defined many of the RX weights back in the day. I, I dig it and we've played around with it. The problem is the practical execution of that in the affiliate every day. Right. So I don't, I don't actually disagree with using percentage of absolute strength figures. I, I think it's great. The problem is, I mean, if we were really to canvas the, the athletes and every affiliate and figure out what percentages of them had an, had an accurate and relevant one RM, it would be relatively low. Like we, we might do a one RM twice a year at CrossFit Rife because I just don't find a ton of value of hitting those like those really like those really really high percentages like I prefer to stick in everything between fives to twos you know what I mean yeah no and I think that's a good idea and I think you know one rms you know you get the newer people that probably don't actually hit their one rm because their form isn't solid enough and they're not you know confident under a barbell you get the more experienced people who could just be tired fatigued and they're not going to hit it so yeah I agree with that but what I was referring to in 2001, 2002, I think even if you go back to February 10th, 2001, fast and heavy, the workout called for, you know, choose a heavy dumbbell. And a lot of the workouts back in the day were, you know, choose, choose a heavy this or choose a heavy that. And really there was some data being absorbed and it was, hey, well, we find the average person's using 95 pounds for thrusters or 135 for clean and jerk. So this brings us to the topic. You know, you refer to it as the no RX month. No, it's actually RX month, right? So it's not no RX month. We just call it RX month. And we call it that because we give everybody the opportunity to, and, and this is not about tr like getting trophies, right? So I don't want it to be confused with that, but we do give everybody the opportunity to go RX because as we've talked about in the past, the goal of any given workout is to hit the intended stimulus, like whether it's rounds or reps or whether it's time or whether it's, you know, heavy, 
Uh, that's the goal, not necessarily a specific, like quite frankly, arbitrary weight on a barbell, you know? Um, so that's the goal, right? So we give everybody the opportunity to, to check that box. And it's kind of based on how well they know themselves with a little bit of our guidance. Um, but it, it's, it's been really fun. We got a lot, the first year we did it, we got a lot of pushback. This is different. You know, nobody likes anything different. And the second year we did it, uh, and every year we've done it since then, I think this is our third year doing it. We, um, we got a lot of good feedback on it. People really dig it. It's fun. You know, it, re it requires a little bit of critical thinking on the athlete's part. Which, which type of athlete gives you the most pushback? the same type of athlete that that there's there's just that athlete everybody knows who it is is the one that always gives you issues who always pushes back about you know you know wanting to do heavier weight or do more reps or do a more complex movement you know do muscle ups when they don't have muscle ups you know like those folks so everybody you you already know who it is in your gym i will tell you that gotcha now when did you have a period of time in crossfit rife where you have certain members that wanted to go above and beyond RX. Um, I'm thinking like that 2009, 2010 era of CrossFit. Maybe, but like we, we've for us, it's I mean, like occasionally we have like maybe ones or twosies over the years, and I can't remember who they would be. Have those people that you know I'm going to do friend with the weight vest on because it's harder that way. Um, but largely no, because we've we've you know, we've largely always discouraged that behavior. Yeah, there was a period of time at Albany CrossFit where everybody just wanted to go heavier. And, you know, I think we've kind of talked about it in past episodes. Typically, when someone wants to go heavier, it's a way of making it easier. Yeah, I mean, Pat Sherwood said this to me years ago. And if you watch people train long enough, there's a very distinct difference between somebody who puts the bar down because they want to versus somebody who puts the bar down because they physically have to, you know, one is a psychological breakdown. The other one is a physical breakdown. And, you know, obviously intensity is relative to both physical and psychological tolerances, but really from a training standpoint, I would much prefer to butt up against your psychological tolerances than your physical tolerance, because we know what's going to happen if we are constantly jumping over that threshold of physical tolerance, which is there's going to be breakdown to some varying degree of technique. And depending on what we're doing, you know, it, that's less than desirable. But with that being said, we need to get people to understand and have the ability to push beyond just their desire to put the bar down. And if, you know, we all understand what Fern is saying, you know, I, I kind of look at it as the people that were doing Fran and they immediately say, hey, I'm going to go seven, seven, seven. You know, that might be one example. Or just the people that put the barbell down on even numbers versus, you know, getting to 17. What are some of your methods for helping people burst through that? I think some of that is how you brief the workout. So I think you can, if you brief the workout that I want, uh, that I want the reps on the, on these rounds unbroke. So for instance, yesterday we did, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday we did a workout that was 10 down to one power clean and then skier calories in between each round. So 55 total power cleans. Uh, I think the, I think the kind of RX, plus weight was 165 rx weight was 135 and 95 and then the calories was fixed i think it was seven set five to seven calories but 
when when I briefed that work, I told everybody, you should be able to do 10 reps unbroken at, at whatever weight you choose. Now, if you choose to do quick singles, that, that's a strategic decision on your part, but it shouldn't be because you have to do singles. So if you just choose not to because you want to save your grip, then cool, that's, that's your strategy. But as soon as that barbell hits the ground, like I want you picking it up if that's the case. So I think a lot of it is how you brief it. And then, a lot, and then the other piece of that is like what you're doing throughout the warm-up if you're doing test rounds to, to validate or invalidate that decision they're about to make. Well, so let's talk about it. But that leads into the RX month, if you will. A lot of this, we, we refer to it quite often, happens at the whiteboard. Go check out our whiteboard brief episode. But what are some of the ways you get your athletes to hit the, you know, quote unquote RX during this RX month? So there, there is a learning curve involved there. and. So for anybody who's struggling to wrap your brain around like what this means is so rather than giving fixed weights, we would potentially give no weights or we would give weight ranges. So we wouldn't give like 135, 95. We would say anything between 75 pounds to 135 is the weight. And then I would describe what should happen with that weight, whether it's unbroken or max two sets to get to whatever the number is. Um, uh, so that's one piece of it we would do. So we give either no or weight ranges, and then we would give rep ranges as well. So we might give rep ranges as high as 30, like a rep range of 30 reps, where any number within that range of 30 is available to you, as long as we can hit the intended stimulus. So it does two things is it kind of gets them the opportunity to experiment a little bit, but it also kind of gets people off of this notion that like there's some magic behind numbers. There's really not, you know, it, it like we, if we made a workout that was all 17 reps, like, okay, like it's probably effective. The reason we have clean rep schemes in CrossFit like 2159 or 50, 40, 30, 2010 is because it's not an intelligence test. Like I don't want you having to use a, an abacus in the middle of the workout to figure out what your next rep, around should be. So um, it, I, I want it to be simple in, in that respect. So, but that doesn't mean that that's always the way that it should work. So when, when you're briefing it, what are some of the things that you might say? And you know, this could be redundant if you listen to our whiteboard brief episode, but it's also just a good recap and a good refresher. Let's, let's talk about it. Do you, do you remember any specific workouts that you've had during that RX month that we can dive into? I don't remember, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it, I, it doesn't matter. So what I've kind of recently gravitated towards when I get, when I brief a workout is I will brief, you know, like first I'll say we're either time or rounds. So let's just make something up. Let's just say it's, let's just say yesterday, let's say it was 12 minutes of the power cleans and ski erg. So that's how we brief it guys, 12 minutes. We're going to power clean. We're going to ski erg. I want you to be done in something between eight to 12 minutes. So I've left out a lot of the more specific stuff and I've highlighted or emphasized what's important, which is these are the two movements involved. This is how long I want it to take. And, and, and let's, let's, so let's, let's dive into that. You know, so someone's listening to this and they're trying to lead a more effective whiteboard brief. There's probably kind of a pyramid of broad to specific. And that is broad. Like, hey, here's the workout. It's not an AMRAP. First thing we're going to tell people is, Here's the parameter. I need you finishing somewhere here. If you're done too early, you probably went too easy. 
if you're done, you know, beyond 12 minutes, you, you bit off more than you can chew. So mm -hmm. first things first, here's our kind of time frame. Now what? So then I'll come back and I'll talk about potentially the, so in the whiteboard brief, there's kind of three things you want to check. It's like, what's the workout? What's the stimulus? What are my scaling options? Like in that order, check those three boxes. We, we, we could, it's a fair bet that we've given a fairly effective whiteboard brief. So what's the workout? Here it is. It's 12 minutes of power clean and ski erg. What's the stimulus? I want you done in eight to 12 minutes. And then I go through scaling options. These are the rep ranges that you can choose. These are the um, weight ranges that you can choose. Here's kind of what they should look and feel like. With that set of 10, whatever weight you choose should get you out of there in 10 sets, max two, you know, to get there. On, on the skier, I want you done in 20 to 30 seconds. 30 seconds is as far right as I'd like to go. And then during the workout, I'm going to test both of those things to make sure that that's what they've dialed up. But at no point have I really put any emphasis whatsoever on a specific number or a specific load. Yeah, and that's, you know, and, and really when you're looking at it, if we break it down even further, like Fern said, you have two movements. And really for this particular workout, the big sets are the, that set of 10. So we need to kind of have that parameter there of, hey, you should, like Fern said earlier, and I like that explanation a lot. I tell people this, you should be able to go unbroken. Mid-workout, if you put it down once, totally acceptable because we realize going unbroken, you know, could skyrocket your heart rate. So if you need to rest, sure. And then for this one, hey, the ski erg is going to take you this long. So now we have these kind of two rules. I like that you have that range of weights. And of course, you'll probably always have some outliers, some newer athletes or some really strong athletes. You know, in this workout, like you said, it's probably 75 to maybe 155. You know your athletes. Everyone yeah. should fit in there. Yeah. And, and, and that there's probably no harm in helping some of the less familiar athletes dictate what weights they should use yeah there's definitely some athletes that you're going to spoon feed and you're going to give them the answer you're going to do x y and z that's it like you don't get to decide here i'm in charge of that for my more experienced athletes that becomes a little bit more of a discussion you know hey what should i do well you always put 75 on the bar so let's go 80 to 85 let's make a slight adjustment there but i want i still want you to go unbroken so you're gonna have to push a little bit harder and, and now, I, you know, I refer to it as a wad buildup. I like to do this for a few reasons. The wad buildup, A, allows me to kind of get eyeballs on everybody and make sure they're not doing too much or too little, but also look at the logistics. You know, is, is that person power cleaning over in the corner? You know, is there a clear path for the skiers, all that stuff? What are some of the tests you might run? You know, and, and meaning do we need to see people do 10 power cleans to prove they can do 10 power cleans or skier seven calories? You know, I think certain things are okay to, to run at the full test of the workout. So what might you do on that to look at the 10? For, for the, for the skier, I would test that. I would have everybody test it during the warm up. Once we've gone through a progression on how to ski erg, we've talked about kind of what the pacing we're looking for. I'm going to have everybody test it. I'm, I'm just going to tell everybody whatever, calorie count you think you're going to use for the workout. I want to test it right now. I want you to take note of how long it takes. If it takes 30 seconds right now and we're fresh, let's bump it down a little bit. But if we're in that 20 second range, which is about how long it should take, then we're good. For the barbell, I'm probably not going to make everybody do 10 unbroken power cleans. I'm probably going to make them do five to six. I'm going to know, like you'll, you'll know, you'll know if they can make it to 10 without, you know, making their heart explode. 
um, and then you can, and then you can have that discussion there. Yeah, I think that's a good example. I think for workouts that have monostructural movements, especially the rower or the bike these days, you know, whether it's a short burst like that, I, I agree with for no reason everyone can't do a 30 second burst recover for a minute or two. You'll always have the people that don't want to do it, but I personally feel better when I go hard for a minute or two and then have a, a couple minutes to recover. But even if it were a longer domain, you know, 1K row or a 2K, I'll, I'll just let people row hard for 30 seconds and you should be good enough as a coach and with your coach's eye to establish what that will look like in the middle of a workout. Well, I mean, there's, there's tips and tricks there. For instance, I could have them row a 250 and just, and just kind of do some math, you know, and kind of watch everybody is rowing a two minute, 500 meter split sustainable for this athlete. If the answer is pretty confidently, yes, then we can just take that time multiply it by four and give them a target time and just say, listen, you need to stay within two to three seconds of two minute split. That's going to put you at whatever this time is going to be for a thousand meters. You know, that's going to put you, you know, at eight minutes or, or sorry, not eight minutes, but it's going to put you at that, um, at that split time that we want to finish the total distance there for, uh, um, for that. So, which would put you at four minutes, sorry for that. And, you know, for, for those listening, whether you're a coach, a box owner, or just an athlete, these are all interesting points, right? An athlete, hey, next time you're at the whiteboard, listen to your coach, see if you can scale appropriately. If you're a coach, you know, this should help your whiteboard brief. And if you're a box owner, maybe this is something you want to try. Now, you do it for a month, but maybe we encourage people to start for a week. Yeah, so there are some pitfalls to this. Um, number one, I do think you should have a pretty firm grasp of programming uh, because you are going to have to, you are where you, where you can drop the ball here because it's all based on the stimulus. So if you give the wrong stimulus for a workout that nobody can hit based on what you've designed, that makes me an idiot. And I'm going to, I'm going to really lose some trust there with the athletes. Um, so test them out like this. This might be one of those months where you have to test the vast majority of workouts so that you can brief it appropriately and give an appropriate stimulus for the workout. Um, that that's what that's like the biggest pitfall that I see if you're going to do this is like not getting that correct because that just throws the whole thing off. Then nobody gets to hit the RX button and the idea is for you know for people to get it. And I don't. I also tell people I'm like I want you to hit the mark seventy percent of the time. You should miss thirty percent of the time because you try to go a little bit faster or you decide to go maybe a little bit heavier um, and, and let's learn something. Let's learn that, Oh, maybe that weight is manageable for me at, at, at this pace, or maybe I can do a little bit more volume of a more high skilled gymnastics movement or handstand push ups or muscle ups or something of that nature. So the big thing is the coach is like, you need to be right when you, when you provide that stimulus uh, because if you're not, you're going to run into some problems and you're going to get a significant pushback on that. And I think that's an important lesson to discuss. You know, there's, I think athletes are listening to this and they will know who they are. They're the ones that look at a workout and immediately figure out where they're going to break and, you know, how, how they're going to split this movement up. And I would encourage you if you're listening, maybe not every day, but once a week, twice a week, you need to just, go all out from the beginning and see what happens. And that was a big lesson I learned for so long. It was, all right, I split. And I, you know, you hear it every year around the open 
how are you going to game plan this? And I always tell people, if you're game planning, it's really just because you're not doing that. You know? I mean, there's, there's, there's a time and a place for it. I don't, I don't know that that kind of all out intensity is sustainable every single day, but I do think you need to dip your toe in that water because that's, you know, that's where a lot of that adaptation happens both physically and between the years. So, but, but it, again, it's not sustainable. It's like, it's the, it's that old adage of, Hey game, you don't, it's not game day every day. Some days are just training, you know? Yeah. And, and I would encourage people, you know, whether it's a Fran, let's you, you know, we continue to use Fran, but if 21 thrusters are tough and you know, it's going to beat you up, do it anyway and see there are times you learn, Hey, wow, I can hang on and pick the bar back up on round two or, that demolished me and I, you know, rested three minutes before my set of pull-ups. But I used to have this argument with the members of my box. They were like, no, dropping the bar is just as fast as touch and go. And I'm like, no, false. You know, and there's a reason if you look back on workouts like double grace, remember double grace, Froning mm -hmm. hangs onto the bar at the end because it's faster. Yeah. And, you know, and then we timed. I was like, well, let's do 10 dropping and then we'll rest and we'll go 10 touch and go. And it was, significantly faster and i was I mean, like fraser did it this year and the at the on the final workout where and the crowd went ape shit when he was doing those snatches at the end he like did a set of five and everybody lost the arena like lost their mind because that he like he just pulled away in those five reps everybody else was doing singles yeah and and again that's kind of the example i use like frazier's and the tias of the world you know obviously they do game plan when they see a workout but oftentimes like that workout where they you know what what Castro called the standard. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna hang on to this bar as long as I possibly can. And you know, they're trying to win. So every so often you need to do that. Every so often you need to game plan. You know, the the ultimate goal is intensity. And for most people, that's finishing the workout faster. So whatever allows you to do that is more intense. And sometimes that's splitting up appropriately, and sometimes it's going unbroken. And that's, that's up to you as a coach based on your knowledge of the workout, when and when not to recommend that, you know, if it's a 20 minute AMRAP, probably not a good idea. You know, if it's a shorter time domain, then it's probably okay to tell people, you know, let's go full ham sandwich here and just see what happens. Like that, that's not inappropriate, you know, but as the time domain moves to the right, we know that intensity will naturally drop off. So those kind of full out 100% you know, completely phosphate creatine pathway type efforts is not going to work. Like you're going to fall apart. So don't do that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I like that analogy. And it's, you know, we recently had Greg Hammond from concept two and it kind of reminded me of that. Like it's just the damper, right? The longer you're going, drop that damper down a little bit. You know, you're doing a 20 minute AMRAP. Maybe you don't hang onto the bar to failure, but you're doing a three. You know, the nice thing about that short one is, even if you're exhausted, you don't have a whole lot left. Exactly. So you, you talked a little bit about pitfalls. What are some of the biggest successes and wins you've had from doing this RX month? Uh, I think A is just kind of reframing like what's important with regard to RX, which is, you know, really getting people to understand that the stimulus is what important is what is important because that is the what we're chasing. And then um, the other big win I think is you know, allowing people to experiment and really play around with some things that they probably wouldn't normally play around with, like whether it's rep ranges or movements, you know, it's, it's, it's a, the month is kind of like, I don't wouldn't describe it as like fast and loose, but like, I, I think the more frequently we do it, 
the more people get hyped about it because they're they get they get some creativity with regard to the workouts and, and they th- and they start to think about it a little bit more and it's much less of this mindless lemming who walks in the gym and just does what they're told um, because I do want them to think critically. I, I want like, you know, smart athletes, not just athletes that are here just kind of walking around like zombies. Well, yeah, and oftentimes, and I think, you know, coaches fall into this trap. It's like, hey, scaling is load. Well, yeah, that's important, but scaling could also be the reps of gymnastic movements. Right. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. A lot of times we did that percentage work, but also the gymnastics was a percentage. Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing 21 pull-ups when your max effort set is six. Yeah. I mean, scaling is any, any of the variables within the power equation. So force distance or time. So load reps or time are all scaling options because those all have a, have a mathematical effect on my power output, which is in turn intensity. So uh, you know, think of scaling in all three of those facets. You know, you might not always need to scale the weight. Maybe it's appropriate to leave the weight heavy and scale the volume a little bit. You know, that that's also appropriate, you know. And, you know, other things I've done is, hey, sure, you know, we're, probably not for the workout we've been discussing because it's a little long, but say you do Fran 21-15-9, get it done early in the class, you know, get get warmed up and maybe start Fran at 20 minutes in. So now at 30, everybody's done. And then maybe at 40 or 45, you, you challenge people to do it again, but really light and feel the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's you so know? many ways to do that. And as, I think the RX month is for us, it's a learning month. It's an experimentation month. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to find new data points so that we can take that and, and move it forward in our training and make better objective, intelligent decisions about what the, what the weight should be, what kind of volume in a complex movement we should be using or how many reps we should be doing you know like do you fall apart at 30 pull-ups or do you fall apart at 50 pull-ups it's important to find that out yeah and whether you choose to go a full month a week or just kind of sprinkle in some rx days here and there i think there's a lot to learn about it you'll you'll improve your whiteboard brief you'll improve your members ability to understand and, and break down workouts and ultimately it's just going to be a good challenge for you and the entire affiliate and the uh, it's funny because the the questions you get at the whiteboard, the answer is large. Your answer, you're just going to be saying yes. What about this? Yes, if it puts you in this time frame or rep range. What about this? Yes, if it puts you in this time frame or rep range. What about this? Yeah, the answer is largely yes if it puts you here. So, and as we tell everybody, I don't care what you do. If you end up in that, then you then the answer is yes. I don't care. I don't care how you scale it. I don't care anything. All of that is yes. And I'm sure you have a lot of people leaving feeling really proud and accomplished because, you know, the people that never get to hit that RX button during the rest of the year get to hit it during this time. Yeah, and the, the long tail of that is people buy in to your coaching and your guidance moving forward. Yeah, and you probably get a few people that, like you said, do step out of their comfort zone. The lady that always uses 75 puts 80 on the bar and realizes she can do it. So exactly. big wins for everybody. We exactly. challenge you guys to do it. And if you do do it, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it, it does take some, a, a bit more forethought in the programming arena. Uh, and you will probably need to test some uh, most of the workouts prior to delivering them so that you can frame it up correctly for the athletes. And that's something you should be doing anyway. So whether you're doing your own programming, whether you buy another bunch of programming, you know, from some of the big ones out there, spoiler alert, 
best hour of their day programming coming very soon. And you should be testing those workouts and just digging into them and trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, it's really fun. It, it's, and it's a variety, you know, it's, it's a good way to kind of, to, to, to switch things up in the affiliate. All right, Fern. Well, there's the RX month. So hopefully you guys enjoyed just something to think about. You don't have to do it, but if you did, whether you do or don't do it, it's something you should be at least addressing at the whiteboard. And hopefully this helps you brief better. Cause as we've alluded to numerous times, that whiteboard brief sets the tone for your class. Yeah. So try it out guys. And, and understand that it's not just benefit for beneficial for your athletes. It's beneficial for you as a coach to kind of test your knowledge and understanding of training and stimulus. So test it out. Let us know. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Just a reminder, Fern and I have an amazing new show called dropping in premiering on our YouTube channel in early 2020. Be sure to head over to the best hour of their day YouTube channel now subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes you've probably heard us talking about it summarizing some of our trip you can see some highlights up on our Instagram as well at best hour of their day but I promise you you're not going to want to miss out so subscribe now thanks for everything you do thanks for letting us be a part of your lives hope you have a great rest of your day tune in tomorrow for another episode of best hour of their day.